From Suffolk County, New York, this program is sponsored in part by WUSB, Long Island's largest non-commercial free-form radio station. Check them out at 90.1 FM or online at WUSB.FM. Previously on Writers Come Ice Cream. My name is Howard Gunston, and I want to be a writer when I grow up. I am sorry to say I don't think it's one for me. Star Wars, The Rebirth. And describe the experience of Ben and Jerry's cookie dough ice cream. Cure for all ales. So I've got to know, what's it take to be a writer? Huh, that's a good question. The biggest thing is to actually write. I'm going through the most incredible writer's block I've ever experienced. I think that's what made me really get serious about it. And really what what did it was facing mortality and, and the fact that my parents had passed away. When I look at something visual, I just put down whatever's in my mind. And then from that, I go line by line, just following my train of thought. I want a book on a bookshelf. I want to walk into Barnes & Noble or Borders or B. Dalton, and I want to see my name on those shelves. This is Writers, Ice Cream, a monthly craft talk where a pair of writers risk brain freeze to answer one question. What's it take to be a writer? Listener, some days that capital W is right there. Like, right there in front of me, daring me to grab hold. I'll write a few lines, tweak it, polish it, and think, this has got some bones to stand on. Bones that creak a bit like this. How is this my problem? Deborah Thompson sighed at the transit worker, dogging her. Only three hours into the graveyard shift, and she already had an engine breakdown between stations. Here's our senior manuscript reader, Artie, reading from one of my works in progress. Steam trying to gain entrance to the 42nd Street signal assembly. Just another day in the life of the Metropolitan Transit Authority of New York City. So how does a manuscript move from draft to published? Lots of rewrites, and if you're really game, lots of feedback from some trusted writers. Writers like Marlene Searing. I love the changes you made here, all the additions. Marlene's always down to dish the good. Work really well and give the story so much depth. And the bad. I'm not sure about the opening, especially considering the additions you made. It still isn't quite working for me. It feels a bit too clever still, too much like you're trying a bit too hard to hook the reader. That's the benefit of critique groups, because each member understands the importance of helping a writer to see their blind spots, the importance of not pulling any punches. The scene with Deborah Thompson was a little confusing to me, a wee bit too much jargon slash industry speech, but nothing a few explanatory sentences wouldn't fix. Okay, so much for those bones. Right now, it feels like this story will never be right. We'll never be quite thesis ready and we'll never land an agent or a publisher. And as I toil away on rewrite after rewrite, I watch friends publish and publish and publish some more. Some of these friends are creative writers. Some are technical writers. We've spent eight episodes diving into the creative arts, so I wondered if there was anything to learn from the other side of the Academy, from writers who publish for a different type of audience. Writers like Dr. Paul Lawrence. 
The interaction of viruses with their receptors on cells has been one of the most extensively studied areas to characterize the molecular basis of their pathogenesis. This is Paul reading from an article he published in Virology. Entitled Role of Jumanji C-Domain Containing Protein 6, JMJD6, in Infectivity of Foot and Mouth Disease Virus. Biological functions of these receptor... Uh, these receptors and the virus usage preference uh, still remains uncertain. It was submitted to the journal in November 2015 and accepted for publication three months later. FMDV of the subtype A that productively infects CHO677 cells and for the... Uh, Paul is a senior research microbiologist for the USDA stationed at the Plum Island Animal Disease Center. And as impressive as that is, as published and respected and credentialed as he has become, there's actually one credit I, the creative writer, share with he, the scientist. We both graduated from Eastport High School. So you and I have known each other since high school, and I feel mm -hmm. like the first sort of real, like, Paul Lawrence memory I have is from... <laughs> Will Troller's creative writing class. Exactly, that's where we met. Do you remember anything that you wrote? I did, and um, the, the, there were a couple of, um, of stories, and, it, and it's kind of interesting looking back on it now, but I, it, so let's see, that was like the late 80s, early 90s to really date ourselves with how let's old we are. Yeah, let's, let's just say early 90s. Yeah, let's say, let's go early 90s, that sounds better. Um, but even at that time, I had this view that the world was more likely to get worse than better socially. And, um, and I wrote uh, a series of short stories uh, depicting um, a world kind of gone mad where um, it was still trying to function like uh, everything was okay. Um, but there were things that were clearly very, very wrong. <laughs> and, uh, and now looking back at it, it's kind of funny in light of current events, current politics, just, just to say the least, um, how a, a world gone mad is not really that too far off the mark. Do you <laughs> still have these stories? Oh, gosh, I wonder if I do. It would be really interesting if I that did. Would be. Yeah, um, but that was my, uh, that, and, and yeah, I don't know what, interested me as a high school student about that. It's kind of a weird thing. I was probably a very weird kid, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all were. Yeah. What I find interesting, Paul, is that I want to be a writer. Yes, you do. And you, you are a writer. You did not... Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to search for that capital W where I can just be like, yeah, yo, you've got my book on the shelf. You, I'm a writer. <laughs> um, and so here I am, like, wanting, wanting to get published. Okay. And you have published how many pieces? Like, you've been published how many times? Um... I guess if you don't include um, my doctoral uh, dissertation, which is is searchable out there, it's published on the web, um, I wouldn't consider that a real publication. That's just part of your education. But um, as far as research publications, I believe I'm up to 10 papers, and I actually have four more um, that are in the process of getting ready to be submitted, and a textbook chapter that I co-wrote with a colleague that's going to, we're going to be getting the proofs in a month. So, uh, so yeah, so 10 research articles uh, have been published, and then, yeah, textbook chapter, that'll make it 11, and then, yeah, the four more will be up to 15. So, so I find this so, by the way, congratulations Thank on you. all those publishing credits, and I'm, I always, when we're talking, <laughs> and you're you. like, oh, I'm editing this right now, I'm like, this guy does more with writing than I do. <laughs> um, so let's go, I'm wondering if you could take it back to, like, take high school creative writing, when, right. we're, when we're in creative writing, um, 
Did you like, did you take creative writing because you enjoyed writing or was it just an elective? Like, tell me a little bit about your experience in creative writing and why you took that. Um, so the that's actually a really interesting question because um, I've always been interested in science, that, that being a little bit of a science fiction nerd with growing up with Star Trek and such, I always wanted to do something scientific, but always in the back of my mind, um, I thought it would be fun, maybe in my retiring years, to write a novel or a series of stories. Um, so that engaged me on a, on a certain level as like, I, I don't want to call it a backup career because that, that has a poor connotation to it, but... Um, but basically, it was, a, it was always another interest beyond science. And I did know, I guess, on some level that um, I would have to be doing some kind of writing in my career as a scientist. So, And that's exactly what Paul's done. In fact, he's been getting regularly published since earning his PhD. But when I look beyond the content, beyond the technical nature of his writing, I find some interesting parallels with my own. Do you yeah. enjoy writing the journals? The articles? Um, it's a labor of love, for sure. Uh, and as I'm getting better at it, I would never be so bold as to call myself an expert with technical writing. But um, with each time that I write an article, it gets easier to do. Um, and certain there, there are certain phrases that you consistently use as a, as a scientist um, when you're writing these things. If you're, um, you're, I like that I'm able to get the sections to blend. So um, when you're writing the results section, the way you organize your data is really the way you want the, you want it to be the most logical progression. Okay, we got this result, and this informed us to do this as the next step. And then when we found this out, it behooved us to take the next step and do this. And if you can for, you know, structure your results section where you're telling the story and it's very interesting and you can't wait to find out what the next section is, um, that's kind of cool. Listener, I've never thought of technical writing in this way, as a story. But there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. The names of these basic plot structures may be different in these journals, but they're there just the same. A story told is a story waiting to be read. Um, I, I feel like it's, you know, story time. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read and, you know, and uh, hear what these people did. And if I can get, if, if my papers sound that way, it makes me very excited. It gives me some joy. Um, also, I got to admit, it's kind of cool when you go onto, you know, a website like PubMed and you search for your name and now there's this long string of titles that's associated with it. I mean, I remember the very first publication I got on there and I was just so excited. Whoa, one publication, here's my name. Do you take and, a screenshot? Yeah, I, I, I probably should have. I don't <laughs> think I ever did that, but uh, yeah. But now I can scroll through and the fact that I actually scroll through to see all the, the, the papers that my name's been associated with, it, it, it's kind of cool. So here we have a scientist who knows how to write, a writer who writes often because, as they say, practice makes perfect. But this is a writer who writes in a very specific form, and that means it's time to shake things up a bit for Paul with the ice cream challenge. As you savor the Ben & Jerry's Cherry Garcia, <laughs> which, by the way, thank you for picking that because the majority of people keep picking cookie dough. Really? And I don't think Artie and I could have any more cookie dough. Like, we have had so much cookie dough. I love cherries, period. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, um, the, <laughs> the fun that we're having with this is, could you describe for us the experience that is Cherry Garcia? Cherry Garcia. Wow. Okay. 
I'm, I'm going to have to describe that experience. This goes against everything we do with technical writing. Um, <laughs> and the science is not supposed to be experiential. Um, I would argue that um, Cherry Garcia is a unique flavor in that you have three different flavors that don't necessarily go together, clashing. Vanilla being very smooth, chocolate being very sharp, and then the cherry, which is just this fruity flavor that's invading the, the division there. I like. Uh -huh. So it's interesting for me is I think that this sort of experiment, if you will, mm -hmm. is sort of really staying true to the types of writing that people do. And so okay. you have the technical writing. I like how it starts off with, I would argue. <laughs> yes. I, would, I would argue. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, <laughs> thank you for staking arguments off of ice cream. Let's hit pause here for a moment. Paul said this exercise was the antithesis of how he's supposed to approach technical writing. I needed to know more. Technical writing is the antithesis of everything you are classically taught as far as writing goes. If you think of all the classes that we had in high school and all the classes that uh, were, we took in college that describe expository writing and descriptive writing, um, None of that is useful uh, for, for, for technical writing at all. In fact, it's you basically have to untrain your mind to look at it a different way. No, no luscious adjectives, no vibrant verbs. You just cut and dry. What do you see? Uh, what does it mean? And, you know, kind of keep it minimalistic. Listener, that is a difference. But there's also a similarity in there, because what I hear Paul saying is he needs to make fewer words do the work of many words. And that's good advice for any writer, technical or creative. Paul, you had mentioned uh, when you took that creative writing class in high school that you'd sort of dreamed maybe one day uh, being a writer of yes. stories. But you're sort of telling stories now. Mm -hmm. um, do you ever have a hankering to tell a different type of story? Actually, I do. It's, uh, it's funny. I, I thought about this actually on the way over. It was not something that was in my mind when you first brought up the idea of coming here. Um, but uh, it, it just occurred to me. But um, so Plum Island is a very unique place to work. Um, it's, it, it's an island that is dedicated to doing uh, viral research. And, um, and it, it has a very, very interesting history. Um, and uh, there, there's an abandoned military base on there because it was originally an army base uh, first. And then after World War II, it was transferred to the, uh, the National Laboratory System and um, well, actually to USDA, not necessarily the, uh, the National Labs. Um, but so there's a lot of history to this site. Um, and so uh, a part of me has wanted at some point to write uh, kind of like an unofficial history of Plum Island. Paul's got a story in mind, and that's half the battle right there. But he's also going to need to embrace some of those creative writing class lessons he's had to put aside. Let's see if we can give him a hand. Well, we are going to give you an opportunity uh, <laughs> to flex your writing muscles without feeling like you have to write it as a technical writer, although you certainly can if you wish. Okay. So we are offering to each of the guests of Writers, Ice Cream the opportunity to humor us with a visual writing prompt. And what we're doing is we're showing every guest the same prompt. Mm -hmm. We're putting five minutes on the clock okay. and giving you five minutes to write a scene that comes to mind. We're going to ask you to read the first line and last line. Okay. And talk about how you got there. Okay. And then if the listener has no idea what the visual prompt is, at the end of the season, 
uh, we're going to share all of the different stories and then post it so that they can see. And the idea is to sort of see in real time a writer's mind at work. Is this something you're game for? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'm I'm kind of curious. All right. <laughs> I'm so, feeling the pressure a bit. I'm going to start blotting my forehead soon. So this is the visual prompt. Okay, I have no idea what I'm looking at here. Yeah, okay. join the club. So we are so, going to put five minutes on the clock. So they, again, just to refresh me, you want me to write a paragraph describing what I'm seeing. It can be describing what you're seeing or if there's like a scene that comes to mind that you want to explore in writing and want to write like some so some people have written a very short like short short story other people have just done a few lines of dialogue that come together um if you want to write a scene that describes it that Mm -hmm. is totally fine too whatever you would like to do off of that visual prompt there's no wrong way to go with this (laughs) okay no pressure at all no pressure at all Mm -hmm. okay sure five minutes on the clock Go for it. Go for it. Okay. Listener, this prompt offers Paul a challenge that's a bit different from our other guests. It's the same picture that everyone sees, but we're truly bringing this guest out of his comfort zone. Let's see his process at work. Dr. Paul Lawrence, if you would, your first sentence. My first sentence. um, The picture displayed here is a prime example of a failure of safety standards in the workplace. (laughs) Um, And the last sentence. This is clearly a disaster waiting to happen. (laughs) Um, All right. So talk to us a little bit about how you approached this exercise. How did you Um, take the photo and translate that into a first line to your last line? uh, (laughs) So uh, I guess there's a lot of ways that you could look at one of these uh, photos. You could look at it metaphorically, or you could look at it literally. And uh, with my particular field, that's what I'm trained to do, is to look at the data and to not wax philosophical about what it represents, but to more cut and dry describe what it is that I see. And and as a scientist, one of the things that is uh, foremost on my mind with a lot of the experiments we perform is safety. and so, uh, so the first thing that I saw when I looked at this picture was, oh my God, someone's going to get killed. In that first moment when he saw the picture, Paul's imagination took hold and a story was born. And it shouldn't surprise us, because after all, isn't that where stories begin? You're someone that's published, mm-hmm. um, you write technical papers, and yet you talk about telling a story through the technical papers. Um, so I would really like to know, in your opinion, what's it take to be a writer? Um, well, what does it take to be a writer? The, the, in, the, in the most broadest sense, um, you have to like what you do. Um, you have to want to write these things because otherwise it's a really, really torturous process. A torturous process. Something else I have in common with Paul Dr. Lawrence continues his research into foot and mouth disease at Plum Island and just recently approved the final proofs for his book chapter. It's due to be published summer 2016. Paul Lawrence, a scientist and technical writer who's open to scratching that creative itch for the right type of story. What might we learn from a scientist who's already got that itch? That's next time on Writers, Ice Cream, and A Scientific Story with Carl Safina.
Um, but I, I also got to say that, you know, if I wanted to take a flight of um, a fancy into, say, a fictional account, I couldn't think of a cooler setting to write like a zombie novel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I've joked about that with my uh, my colleagues. And of course, my superiors are like, please don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> 